everyone. Hello, the world, and welcome to our Thursday Red Risk live show. And remember, this show is about learning. It's about sharing and connecting. Should you have any questions, guys, we do have our live chat. Should you have any questions, please feel free to comment, ask questions, myself or my teammates. Today, we have a very special show and we have a very special guest. In this show, we will talk about human capital, sustainability, and the role of occupational health and safety in the aspect of the human capital. Before we start, let me invite my uh, mates and friends from the stream team. Hi. From Mexico. Hello. Hi, Tanner Hi. from Dubai. And today, talking about human capital, we have a special guest. Could you guys mute yourself for a minute because I can I have a, some noises. Yeah, thank you. And our special guest today is Louise Hosking. Louise is president-elect of IOSH. Hi, Louise. Let's bring Louise to the show. Hi, everybody. Really pleased to be back here and nice to see you. Good morning. Hello, lunchtime, wherever it is in the world. Welcome, Louise. So nice to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. So before we start, is that okay if I introduce you, Louise? Yeah, of course. So Louise is our risk management leader with almost three decades of experience working alongside organizations from micro to FTSE, supporting them to transform their approach and perception of occupational health and safety at every level and across supply chains. Louise worked as a regulator after graduating from Nottingham Trent University, gaining significant court experience. She has worked for the cooperative and prior to creating her business was head of environmental health and safety for Savills. Property and asset management have remained a specialist area. Her OSH consultancy, Hoskin Associates, was established in 2005. Her team guide businesses along a journey to see OSH and high ethical values as enabler for success. Louise is a regular contributor to a range of publications and on social media platforms commentating not only on positive OSH values, I do remember POSH, but also inclusion, social value, and the challenges faced by SMEs as they grow. In October 2020, Louise was elected to the role of president-elect of IOSH, my congratulations, and will become president in 2021. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much. I remember our last meeting in December and following our last conversation, you brought up an interesting topic related to human capital. And I think that the best way to start our conversation today was a simple question. Human capital, what does it mean? Maybe you can give us a, uh, an overview. Human capital, sustainability, we have so many questions. Maybe it's a time to go to the simple questions and simple answers. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeanette, for that excellent introduction. Um, so human capital, I'm I'm excited by this and, and thank you for that introduction because it really does tie in 
um, a lot of the personal values that I have around um, ethical values, ethical, you know, how do we encourage business to have that strong moral background really so so that's why it's always interested me and i've got um i've pulled together just to give a a, a a little bit of an introduction into to what we're talking about here because lots of people lots of occupational safety and health professionals that i meet are not quite sure where this kind of fits in with where where they're working and, and how they contribute. So I wanted to kind of pull these slides together just as a kind of story to to start that conversation. Yes, yes absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm gonna start, it's not too long, so it's not gonna be death by the PowerPoint. Don't worry, don't worry. I think it's important, yeah, please share. <laughs> so, so we're gonna start off then with just talking a little bit about the definition of sustainability. And I think quite often when we talk about sustainability, people automatically think of the environment. Um, but I love this definition of sustainability, which is from the UN. So it's meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generation to meet their needs. So, so sustainability is lot, a lot more than the environment. And if we can flick it over to the next slide, Sunny's in the background. Um, so we've got this balance between planet, profit and people. And we can't have one without the other. So I think as occupational safety and health professionals, we're used to people saying, you know, oh, health and safety is my number one priority. True. But my answer to that is that it should be one of your highest values because you these things have to be in balance to have a sustainable organisation. And that leads on to my next slide, if we can flip over. I'm quite enjoying this, Sunny, is in the background. <laughs> Thank you for pressing the button, Sunny. <laughs> so, so now we're starting to look at where human capital fits into this. So we've taken the the planet, profit, people piece and we're starting to look at that um, in a bit more of a broader concept. So, so when organisations are thinking about sustainability, they're going to think about the five capitals. So human capital is one of those. So natural capital is, is the one that I think everybody can kind of get their head around. So that's looking at the environment and the impact of, of pollution and the impact that that has on our environment and around us, which is why it's kind of around the outside. If we think about social capital, that's to do with our common values, it's to do with trust, it's to do with development. So that's the social piece. Our manufactured capital is around infrastructure and process. You know, without proper process, we can't deliver, our, you know, our, a business cannot be sustainable. You have to have that good, strong process behind it. Financial capital, I think, everybody kind of gets so it's the money piece so it's Profit. about money it's about cash flow it's about our assets if you like 
And then human capital is what we're talking about today. So the human capital piece, you can start to see how those you know, leaders of organizations are going to look at those five capitals and human capital is one element of that. So if we flip that over to the next slide, Sunny, we can start to think about human capital and what this means. So interestingly enough, when you Google human capital, these are the kind of phrases that come up. OK, and it is that kind of intangible asset or quality um, that's to do with the economic value of a worker's experience and skills. OK, so it includes things like education. It includes things like training, intelligence, skills, health um, and, and other things that employers value, like loyalty, punctuality. Um, and all of those things have a massive impact on improved performance and well-being of an entire organisation. So they're massively important. Um, but interestingly enough, what I find fascinating about this is that when you Google this type of stuff, health and safety isn't in there. True. So, so our role as safety professionals is thinking about where we can pull this into human capital. Um, and, you know, you've got to think about where we are at the moment. And if you take our, our kind of healthcare system as an example, um, you can see how where if human capital starts to fall out of balance, we cannot deliver that service. You know, there is no such thing as a people tree. We cannot grow nurses and doctors on trees. Um, you know, this is about our moral, you know, it ties in with our moral values, if you like. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of a fundamental part of, of who we are. Um, yet it is this intangible asset that is very difficult for us to measure or for us to kind of understand. So if we can just go on to the next slide, Sunny. Um, so this is looking at, you know, what is the capitals approach? So, so tying this in with capitals. So it's looking at impact and dependencies. So it's highlighting um, our dependency on nature and people, which is going to be critical. And, and how those um, alter between them. Then we've got our systems approach, which is on the other side um, of the slide. And right in the middle, we've got about measurement and value. And when we're talking to business, they understand measurement and value. And I think if you talk to any average occupational safety and health professional, um, you know, we all have really difficult conversations, don't we? And I think mm -hmm. for business, it's very hard for them to understand and measure the true value of what we do because of, of these intangibles that I've been talking about. Sometimes they're really hard to, to understand, you know, how do we understand that value and how do we put that value into the businesses that we're influencing, which is which I'm going to unpack a little bit more as we go through this. 
So uh, the next slide, um, Sonny, you're doing very well in the background here, Sonny, <laughs> is, um, is an example of something that we can almost measure. We can understand this. Um, you know, this is an example of something that we can measure. So we know, as an example, if a business invests in its in training, its health and safety workforce, which is is part of, you know, well-trained workforce is part of that human capital, um, we can measure the time and the effort and the cost associated with that training. So we can do that. And then we can also come back and we can we can measure and look at the impact that the, that training has had within the organisation. So the, hopefully the business will achieve a reduction in um, risks of injury at work. And, and we can we can potentially measure that piece as well. Um, and there will be another added value to that that we will have a cost reduction maybe in absenteeism and improvement um, of workers and their well-being so this is an example of, of a pathway where potentially we can start to measure some of these things and if as osh professionals we can start to understand and get to grips with that we can um we can talk to business in a way that they understand and they can see the value in what we're doing. Um, and I think there's, there's, this is this is kind of brand new stuff. You know, we're all kind of still finding the, our way with this. Um, and I think traditionally, when it comes to human capital and particularly the pieces that we're very involved in, um, it's very much, I mean, I was in a meeting recently where somebody said, well, if we do this, what's our return on investment? Yeah, that's a usual question. <laughs> it is. Um, and, and I think in this pathway, there is a return on investment. But I was in um, a meeting, another meeting where we were, you know, a group of occupational safety and health professionals talking about this. And we're saying, actually, um, human capital has a value maybe we should start thinking about the value of our human you know how how do we put that value on it and by the way um i know that human capital is a phrase um it kind of sticks in a weird way with a lot of osh professionals as well so yeah i mean I, i'm with you on that but i didn't invent the word <laughs> um true um, so to throw, kind of throw something out there, which um, would be quite interesting for our discussion piece. In I'm sure it is, Louise. The, yeah. Our chat is, our chat is viral. Today. It is going wild already. And yeah. um, something like mental health and wellness. So, if we were to put mental health and wellness into a similar pathway. I think the, you know, there are very tangible returns on that that we can see. Um, Indeed. And, and mm -hmm. my controversial comment is, and I don't know the answer to this, by the way, is do we think that businesses grasped hold of this because they can see those tangible values resulting? So, so what are the other, you know, questions and problems that we're posing to business and how can we show them the value of this? So if we can whiz on to the next slide, Sunny. So, so this is something I talk about a lot. So this is about 
you know, moral backbones of, of business. And, and we're in an interesting place at the moment where, you know, health is, is gone right up on that agenda. Um, and if you look at, um, you know, the driver behind all of this is big finance, whether we like it or not you know that drives everything um in your induct introduction Jeanette you talked about my property background I love big buildings I adore wandering around big buildings um <laughs> and so I'm quite close to how some of that investment has worked so you know whether we like it or not you know our personal pensions are invested at a high level um and you know these fund managers decide and you know you know that's that's kind of how the world goes around to a certain extent um and if you think about you know you know these large huge skyscrapers that we have in many cases our it's our personal pension funds that own those large buildings but then that kind of filters all the way through the supply chain so you've got people that are responsible for maintenance and repair of those buildings um you know and then they've got workers and so you can see how the sphere of influence flows through so thinking about um thinking about this and thinking about the people that handle those big funds where it all starts if you like um what we're finding is that ethical um funds are actually doing much better at the moment than, than than other funds. So so what this means is that the larger investors are actually looking at how organisations are managing themselves through this pandemic. And they're sure. looking at the environmental, social and governance funds much more closely than they ever have done, because those are the organisations that are faring the best through this crisis so this is why you know what we do is under a spotlight like never before and so you know something reporting matters so again this is where an occupational safety and health professional comes in is how we report on this so i think we'll have more questions about that today yeah so so it'd be great to talk about that yeah. so so you know thinking about that you know there is um an organization this is being examined very closely at the moment there's an organization called the sustainability accounting standards boards or SASB for short and that's an independent non-profit organization which sets standards to guide the disclosure of material sustainability information um by companies and their investors and some of this stuff that we work on um, and the human capital piece um, is, is under much, much closer scrutiny. They're asking much, so many more questions than they used to be. And they've identified the ESGs as being the most relevant issues in 77 different industries. So, so that is going to drive um, a much closer scrutiny of, of these kind of ethical values which is around everything that we do than ever before so if we can switch to the next slide sunny so you know what is it that we need to do you know what is it bearing all of this in mind and where we're going you know what what does that mean for the future osh professional um 
you know, it'd be great to open the floor and have a discussion about reporting. Um, you know, I am lucky enough in my career to, to deal with the whole range from board to shop floor, from large organisations to small organisations. And, and quite often when I start working for organisations, I find that the board is not really receiving a true image of exactly what's going on within their organization it's usually much more positive than it actually is um, <laughs> a role that we play is in making sure that as well as those lagging indicators that we're reporting on we've got really clear reporting on leading indicators as well so we've got a really important role to play in presenting a true image of, of that organization um, and, and I get messages from Sony saying that our chat is so wild. <laughs> so, uh, so, so making sure that we've really got that and, and making sure that, you know, we're seen as a net. Can you see, you know, hopefully this story shows you how we can be an enabler for business success by focusing in that way. Um, so if we you know and also as customers within that supply chain you know if we're buying cheap what is the cost elsewhere in that supply chain which is another interesting thing to talk about um you know and i don't know if vince is on the line but i know vince loves these and i put something in the <laughs> vince um so we know that you know we still have 380,000 lives lost around the world from fatal accidents um and Vince, to answer your question before you've asked it, um, if we can change the narrative around all of this, we can start to bring that number down in the other direction. You know, it very much is about risk-based principles, us being seen as enablers. Um, it's us understanding that there are fixed parameters around what we do, things that can't move. If the fire alarm goes off, we've all got to evacuate. But there's an awful lot within what we can do where we can encourage creativity. And then it really does become this enabler for success. Um, and we can have far reaching social impacts in respect of what we do. But it means that we've got to change the way that we do it. So we've got to move from this black and white and we've got to thrive in the area of grey and 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 I don't call these soft skills by the way that we need they're power skills as far as I'm concerned um, and it, and if we just go to the last slide um Sunny um I I love this I I if anybody follows me on Twitter yeah, I actually tweeted this image and it went completely <laughs> viral. <laughs> um, and, and I love this. Um, you know, we're talking about health and safety professionals being the leaders in it. It just kind of sums it all up in one go. And, sure. and you know, I love comparing all of these things to what we do as health and safety professionals. Um, and for me, if you think about ergonomics, which we all deal with, um, in ergonomics, we think about how we can fit the work to the person. We don't alter the person to fit the work. And, and that's what I love about all of this, um, is this is about us working in harmony 
with the businesses that we're influencing and understanding where all of those capitals come in and, and the role that we have to play. So, so I, I hope that's kind of a story. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Louise, for this short, but I think uh, quite complex uh, introduction to yeah. human capital. And I like how you look at the human capital and sustainability from the wider perspective, bringing in occupational health and safety. I know that our chat is very wild and we have so many questions and we will bring all your questions and we will try to answer all your questions. But before we move on, I would like to ask Jorge, Tanner, do you have any questions for Louise? Do you want to join the conversation? Or so discussion. <laughs> okay, Louis, very nice presentation. Congratulations! This is is very very important. All the all the things that you cover in that one. But uh, let me let me ask you something. How do you make a correlation between this uh, this this uh, elements and the ethics and the ethics of the people and the ethics of the organization? Can you? Talk a lot, a little bit about that, please. Yeah, and Louise, before you sorry, before you start answering that question, I have I think we have similar question on the chat today. Exactly the same question about ethics and morale. So, well done, Jorge. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, actually, what would be really um helpful is um Sunny, can you go back to the fourth slide that's got the definition of human capital and those the the um it was the yeah, back, 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 back. Yeah, that one. Stop. <laughs> back. Yeah, this one. So, so for me, um, human capital, morality, and ethics, for me, are at the heart of this. Um, so, if we think about human capital as, you know, where we've got high value human capital is where we've got an engaged workforce where we've got a really positive cu culture and where we have these ethics. And so for me, it's kind of ethics for me is definitely, a, a, you know, it's part of social capital as well. Um, and it comes into all of these pieces. So I think that's where ethics kind of sits. Um, and in order for us to really understand this, it, for me, it's people are the solution to all of this so they're going to be the ones who drive all of this they're going to be you know it's people um that actually make the difference in every organization that they're in so so this is tied in with that loyalty piece i could have added ethics probably to this to this slide but for me very much that's where this piece fits in and that's tied in with culture as well um I don't know whether it was on this show or, or something else that I was on, and we were talking about positive cultures within organisations, and you can't have a strong health and safety culture without having a positive general culture within your organisation. Um, so and if we don't have high ethical values, um, we're just going to, you know, discharge our obligations to a different part of the world, potentially. Um, and what we do has an impact. If we've shown, if anything's become evident at the moment, it's just how connected we all are globally, no matter what size of organization you're in. And I think today more than ever before, right? 
And uh, Jorge, I completely uh, like your question because we cannot call the organization sustainable or successful organization if the workers are not uh, well cared or the health and safety is not. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So I think uh, Tanner, Tanner, uh, so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Any comments? Yes, uh, actually, Louis, great presentation and the topic is great. Thank you very much. That one thing that this human capital is important that as an OHS uh, professional, we all do our activities around people, right? We are developing all the, uh, let's say, initiatives, the campaigns, the other things around people. But one thing that people struggle, I mean, uh, OSH uh, professionals struggle, um, the HSC, OHS department, uh, sometimes seen as a cost center rather than profit yeah. center. And one question to Louis that the, the quantifying the uh, I mean impact of uh, human capital to OSH performance. I mean, can you uh, just give some uh, insight into this, please? Yeah. So I'm really fascinated by this. So so there is work that has been. I mean, there is work and research that has been done, um, okay. and and. For you know, in large large organisations have got the resources to actually finance you know and to do mm -hmm. research internally to work out um, how this works. The ILO did some research and um, IOSH published a um, document a couple of years it's a couple of years old now called Human Capital um, um, Healthy Profit sorry and 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 they published that and the ILO showed that for every euro that you spend on health mm -hmm. well-being um and so on there's a 2.2 euro return on investment um but that tends to be in higher risk organizations so some of that work has gone on but but we're at the you know we're right at the front of this and this is becoming you know driven by the sasbis of this you know they're certainly driving this right at this moment in time um, and what's going to have to happen there's going to we're going to see a change um, mm -hmm. and, it, and and some of it is driven by this pandemic because investors want to know that their investment is going to be sound and yeah. so what is being shown by that graph where I showed you how the ESGs are performing is that those organizations with high ethical values that are concentrating on this are the more successful companies so so that means that it's going to have a knock-on effect all the way down the chain um but to answer your question it's not an easy tangible piece um but there is research going on at the moment to refine that down um okay even more so um but the other piece for me is um again i still go into organizations where um particularly in the boardroom they're only relying on lagging indicators so yeah. we need to get smart with our board reporting as osh professionals um and we need to we need to report to the board in ways that they can understand um and if we need to pull them away from purely looking at lagging indicators. Um, I've worked in lots of organisations where, you know, I must have been doing a good job because nothing happened. But when nothing happens, they tend to pull away. 
you know and that's the danger yeah. isn't it so we have to get good at leading indicators and putting you know even putting kind of data and value on it in that way is going to make a difference and it is going to be driven by these big sectors they're going to be asking way more questions um, than they have done in the past and they're going to expect to see accurate information from companies yes and, and bringing those topics into the agenda uh, but i think i understand where tamar uh, tanner is coming it's yeah. like it's the number of incidents sometimes is what matters, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, I would like to go, uh, thank you, Tanner. I would like to go back to thank our you. chat because I see that Sony <laughs> starts putting them. So, consultant safe, hi. Um, hi, so Greg, you're, you <laughs> Oh, you know, okay, I don't know who is behind consultant safe. Uh, so, where does corporate moral capital come in? The yeah. choice of yeah, I think uh, that's the question that was partially also answered, uh, asked by Jorge. Uh, Louis, is that the question for you, I guess? Yeah, so I think I've, I've, I kind of answered the question. Yeah, answered that question. But in terms mm -hmm. of, um, so what Graham is saying is shareholder value um, takes a lead over human capital. So, so wow, we're getting into, I knew we, this would happen. <laughs> um, so, um, well, I agree you partially answered that, but I think yeah, it's, I it's think important to repeat uh, that it's, uh, we are not able to talk about the any sustainable, successful mm -hmm. organization uh, without uh, bringing that positive impact on the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also I think what Graham is talking um, about here is shareholders have a very narrow view of this. Um, so, mm -hmm. but again, this is why we're in a really important time um, for our profession. We've all been talking about how our profession's under a spotlight at the moment. And, you know, because suddenly health has been shoved up the agenda in a way that it's never done before. But when you start looking at it in terms of capitals and finance, you can actually see the graphs on it. Um, so to answer the question, you know, this is a cultural piece as well, is that shareholders want a now return on their investment. Um, but this is going to be driven by, you know, investors. You know, my hope and prayer is that they're going to start to take a much more longer term. Um, they're going to consider this in a much more longer term piece. Um, which is actually what organisations and companies are required to do. So if you're a director um, of a company um, and you, you know, you have certain obligations in terms of, of the longer term planning of that organisation, and that's where this fits in as well. Um, so, you know, we can't control individual stake um, shareholders. Um, but some of what's going on right now should mean that there is that change. That's that's my personal hope. Yeah, Louis, and there, I think there are some changes where, with regards to how we measure and these indicator approaches and that will bring more tangible yeah. values and something that will benchmark and the shareholders, they will be more prone and maybe yeah. triggered. Um, there is another question, uh, Barbara Makovska. There is still silos thinking, I think. HR is about human capital. OSH is more technical safety thing. Finance department is around capital. I agree. Isn't it like the question about how we bring 
OSH professionals talking more into the conversation and maybe the role of OSH in the human capital and sustainability as they're from That's the wider Barbara, that is, I love that question. That is a really great question. Um, and for me, this is, you know, my one of my last slides is, you know, what is it that we should be doing as OSH professionals? Where are we going? Um, and we can, you know, we should see ourselves as facilitators. I, I strongly believe this. We can be really strong facilitators with those right power skills. Um, and I have a real thing about silos. I hate silos. Um, and that's where our skills of collaboration um, come to the fore. Um, and if, as OSH professionals, I think we're in a really great place if we've got the right kind of skills behind us. Um, to help facilitate breaking down those silos and, and bringing people together. Because when people come together with a shared aim and objective, incredible things can happen. And, and so we all need to work closer. And, and I think over this time, I don't know about anybody here on the call, but I've definitely worked with HR professionals more than I have. I've worked with finance people more than I have before. So I think we have, you know, there we've we're starting to see that. And I guess I mean connecting lots. Yeah. <laughs> how do we hold on to it as we start to come out of this? Because what we don't want to happen as a profession is to go back to where we were before. We want to learn from this and grasp hold of some of these concepts to, to push us forward. Uh, by the way, Barbara Makovska, appreciate that and says thank you. Uh, yeah, we need holistic approach. Absolutely mm -hmm. agree. By the way, Jorge Tanner, feel free to jump in and uh, uh, join the discussion, guys. Uh, another question from Graham. Does not the value of human life really <laughs> based on culture rather than operational cost across the world? I like that. Again, the value yeah. of human life. Mm. So, so I'm really, so this is, I'm really interested in this as well is that um, you, we can have organisations within the developed world um, that are offsetting their risks to another part of the world where there's less, mm -hmm. there's fewer legislative standards. Um, so this is where, and that tends to be the bigger corporations. And those bigger corporations are the ones that are going to come under much greater focus going forward um, without a shadow of a doubt. So this is where, um, it, I don't know if Vince is on the line, um, but this is where Vince, and I feel this could have a direct impact um, on those kind of numbers because um, as you know, the ethical that, you know, the those ESGs become more and more important and the Sazbis of this world are pushing reporting in terms of investment. We're going to see that those large corporations have got to, to report on how they're managing their supply chains um, and their supply chains are going to come under much closer scrutiny because if we're reducing our risk within a developed nation and you know cutting costs in a developing nation um which leads to you know environmental impacts health and safety issues um and so on that's going to be much more visible than it was before 
And I mean, the other part of this is that companies don't like reputational risk. Um, and there's nothing that can affect reputational risk more greatly than, um, you know, a, a, a big incident um, in another part of the world. Very, yeah, I absolutely agree, Louis. It's about connecting and interlinking all the values. And yeah, at the end of the day, fact, yeah. We all know how connected yeah. we are now. Yeah. We can feel it. Because yeah. this pandemic has affected large organisations as well as small organisations, and these exactly. supply chains, you know, we're we're interlinked in a way that we've never we we can see it now. We always were interlinked, but I think we can see it more clearly now. I'm just saying hi to Malcolm. He's uh, Mal is our member of the stream team. Hi, Mal. Uh, during interview stages, a lot of companies use BBI techniques trying to find the ideal, uh, ideal candidate. How would candidates of a shy disposition overcome this barrier? I oh. think it's <laughs> I think it's coming back to the talents, skills that we have within our organizations. Yeah, so, um, so another aspect that you will find me talking on quite a lot um, is around inclusion, equality and diversity. Um, and part of having these power skills is, you know, I talked within the presentation about how there's some very fixed things in health and safety. But if we're managing risk in the right way, which we should be right now, I think people are talking about risk-based principles much more than ever. Um, those things are not fixed and we need to be creating new ways of working. We're in a different world and we're not going to go back to where we were before. Um, and true diversity means that we have a real mix of people. Um, and sometimes it's the shy people and the people that don't say very much that are in the background and their minds are whirring and they could come up with something that's that could change the way that an organization is work that could be massively powerful um so part of human capital and investing in our people is working with every type of person um you know that's why diversity of thought is so massively important and it's exactly what our sector needs right now um because we need to look for innovative creative new ways of working so we need to we need to work with our hr colleagues to pull out those people to, to, to find out where they fit within our organizations because everybody's important yeah, include everyone, <laughs> everyone into conversation. Uh, Mal says that the return on investment can only be realized if the right, right candidates are yeah, in the role. Absolutely. And not only the right, I think, motivated the candidates yeah. that we invest, train, skill, talents, it all comes in one basket. Investing yeah, our so, people. So <laughs> yeah, so organizations that are investing in their capital are investing in their people. So True. we if some if people have got strengths, then we we put them into positions that use those strengths. Um but I'm really interested in how we um how we look at the value that we have rather than the return on investment, which is so hot, is going to be super hard to, to work out. 
but what is the value that we bring you know just like if you are a business and you have an office building that you own that is a tangible value it's an asset for your organization so your people are a similar asset um and the role that we play as osh professionals to you know in terms of that piece of human capital is massively important I really hope I really hope Louise that I think the changes already are happening we are talking about that I hope that it's not going to be only about ROI investments and uh, values from the monetary point of view but also from uh, Tanner I, I I thought you wanted to uh, add something uh -huh. I would like to add something into this as a person that who is conducting a lot of uh, job interviews and uh, this VBI interviews, actually, I'm not very um, supporting this kind of, I mean, I don't think that is a, a good question to ask a person that what is your, uh, you know, weaknesses, you know, that's, and sometimes, you know, people do very well in the interviews, but when they come to come into organization, they are not performing well. And some of the shy people that I hired before, and they are, you know, the most, um, let's say, um, good achievers and best performers in the team um one of my manager told me um you know a, a while ago that he is focusing and he's trying to catch the people when they are doing the right thing okay he never um focus uh, on the you know uh, the, the wrong things that the people are doing in the organization and that was affected me uh, too much just wanted to add this into the uh, you know subject that's why I'm so happy, Tanner, when you join the show, because it's always, uh, I agree that, but there are standardized questions, right, Tanner? What are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? But I think Louise mentioned last show that it's about posh and being positive Post and trying to I'm a huge advocate for this. So it's thinking about your language that you're using. So, um, and, and we can, for me, human, the reason why human, I think human capital is a game changer for us, potentially, um, because it's showing that we are, it's showing the value that we bring to an organisation. So it shows that we are enablers for that organisation. Um, so we're bringing value. We're bringing true value to that organisation yeah. through people first. Um, and yeah, I, and, and language is really important. So I think traditionally, you know, as inspectors with a clipboard, we're saying, right, you haven't done that, you haven't done that, you haven't done that. Mm -hmm. And how often do we actually say, do you know what, you've done an amazing job with this, what a great idea. Um, and and I've got something that I and and I know um, Jimmy, who's current Irish president, <laughs> teases me for this, but I always say, you know, start from a position of yes, and and you know, there's always a, a, a safe way to do things, and I think that's where our value can shine through as well. Thank you, thank okay. you for telling this, guys. It's uh, all the time positive reinforcement is one of yes, the enabler yeah. behavioral change. Tanner, uh, you have some friends on the chat. They say <laughs> yes. hi from Turkey. Yes. Uh, thank and, you very much. Yeah. And you say they saying that you are very nice manager and kind HSC manager. Nice to see you. <laughs> Uh, greetings from Turkey. Thanks for the nice online meetings. Also, Tanner Mal thanks you for your comment and he's fully agree with Thank you. you. <laughs> uh, uh, Jorge, what about yes. you? Luis, uh, well, 
the, the COVID is something that we need to talk in this uh, show, of course. The people of uh, health and safety issues, we, we, we know that we need to change our mind because we need to cover that one in our people, in our workers. But what about the new candidates for, for the, the, the other areas? I am talking about maintenance and I am talking about production and, and, and all of the people who is involved on the process directly. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the new people who is coming to our organization and the people who is, is working now, do they need to change something in his mind? And, and I am referring to that, that we as, uh, as uh, staff of the organization, we need to, to return our head and see, okay, this people is here. I know he's a good worker, but this one, the COVID and the pandemic, needs to, to change something in them because we don't know exactly with the real uh, tests how it happened in their minds. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, this comes back to... Um how do we um encourage those that actually own the risk because they're you know at the sharp end how do we encourage them to make wise risk-based choices um and wise risk-based choices not only for themselves but the, for the person that's working beside them and you know the higher up the food chain you are the more your influence becomes so we actually need people to make those wise risk-based choices um, and for me, that is cultural. Um, I think if you are working within a supportive organisation that's open and transparent and it's got all of those capitals in healthy balance, it's a sustainable organisation, um, I do believe that that filters through the workforce um, I mean, I've got an organisation, they're, they're an SME, um, quite mm -hmm. a big SME, um, but, you know, I, I was talking to one of the directors yesterday and, and you know, we were, we were saying, you know, we've got to a place where people are really open, they feel comfortable to be open about their environments and to talk about, to talk to each other about the things that are good and the things that are bad and the things that they need. Um, and I think it's having that cycle of support. And if we can nurture and encourage that, um, I think we'll have people, you know, it's people will start to make those wise choices, but it's cultural and that comes from the leadership at the top of the organization. If they yeah. don't feel this is important, um, and they don't, it's about putting heart into what we do, isn't it? Um, see you later, Graham. Hi, <laughs> um, Thank you so it's much. about putting heart into what we do, and and if people feel that they're valued, they will value the organisation back. I strongly. Believe that. I think it's about your last slide, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah, is. yeah, it is about his last slide, and I think it's about leadership and culture. Yeah. Jorge, very interesting uh, perspective. I like it. Uh, yeah, we have some comments. Um, uh, 
excuse me if I uh, if I pronounce it wrong, Raisin Swami. He's asking by decoding the aspirants Ikigai, one can get better understanding. I think we did discuss the Ikigai. He also said that mapping the personality and talents could help in identifying the right candidates. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, Graham, without a yeah, there would be no high-risk brain surgery. <laughs> Absolutely And I think taking from that, we have a comment, matching the brain data than biodata wow. <laughs> with the job profile could help for sure. Absolutely agree. Uh, Sony agrees. Uh, we have another question. I always encourage people to ask about safety during job interviews mm -hmm. and job descriptions at the advert, uh, advertisement stage should include the expectations from the candidates on safety. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, it's another way of, uh, it's about culture, it's about standards, roles and responsibilities and bringing uh, the, um, everyone on board if it comes to health and safety. Yeah, and it, it can, you know, it can be very hard in in, in parts of the world where there's fewer legislative standards um but i think this is where again i keep coming back to that slide with circles on you've got to have all of those capitals in balance um and that makes for sustainable sustainable business so if we can show business that by investing in this it's good for them and good for their people and good for the bottom line um that the culture will follow um and um, I mean, an some of the organisations, you know, larger organisations that I've seen who who know how important this is, they engage with their entire supply chain. So where they have, um, you know, they influence businesses in parts of the world where there's fewer legislative standards, they will have their own standards that they expect to maintain for their organization um, and and some of the great you know some of the best work i've, I've seen people who who actually they um so i've, I've worked with malcolm staves i'm going to drop name drop you in here malcolm in, in case you're listening or listening to the catch-up works for l'oreal um and and i was really taken by one of the presentations that he did a couple of years ago um where they um pulled in the families of of um some of their workers in um countries with fewer health and safety legislative standards and they got their kids to talk about how it would feel if their parents didn't oh. come home because they had wow. and it was massively it really stuck with me it was massively powerful so yeah. so you know you get you know and that you're also getting the kids involved with talking about it as well so you know, that's what I mean by we need to start thinking creatively about how we do this and, and working differently. And people, we've got to have a people-centered approach. It's people first. I just would like to use this opportunity to thank Tarkan for his question and for his comment. And I also saw Louisa. Tarkan, thank you so much. And Louisa, uh, uh, she says, amazing show with amazing people. Thank you for everything. Um, 
And I think we're slowly, slowly uh, coming to the end of the show. And I would like to use this opportunity to thank you, uh, each of you. Maybe final thoughts, Jorge, Tanner, and then I come to Louise to close the show. Well, uh, thank you very much for all your knowledge, for your presentation, and for the, the whole ideas and the whole things that you explained this show today. I appreciate very much. And I think that the people will be very, very happy to know what about this uh, issue that uh, is not very, very easy to, to work with. Because uh, when we work with people, all the theories change. It's not the same. And, and, and of course, the, the culture is something that uh, we need to deal with. In, in in another way today because the this uh, virus the, the covid learned us that the life is not like we expect to do and something need to change inside the organization too and uh, some girl talked about the the, the the silos thinking i think the organization needs to change and they need to be very very closely people because they have one common factor human and human factor is something that need they need to be prepared to deal with thank you luis thank you jorge thank you so much agree covid covid and it's going to bring some changes and opportunities tanner um thank you very much in uh, thank you very much luis and jorge and uh, the why we manage health and safety in our workplaces starting from moral you know, legal and financial, right? And the human keeping human capital in the organization, lowering the turnover rate is important. So what we do as OHS uh, professionals are helping our organizations to keep the people in the organization. That's 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 the thing what I believe. And uh, when it comes to Ikigai, actually, um, uh, I think that I believe that I found my Ikigai thanks to Sony reminding this to me, um, you know, was fixed. And... Uh, Better to think that when we are managing human capital as an uh, OHS professional, that we should be um, uh, trying to help uh, you know people in the organization to find their guys so they will be doing their best in you know um, which department they will be performing well. So that's that's the thing. That's uh, that's the thing that I would like to share with you. Thank you very much. And, uh, Tanner, thank you so much. I'm always so happy when you're on the show and your input is so valuable. But I think we all need to blame Sony for <laughs> having that ikigai, <laughs> ikigai within us. Um, we, we have a lot of thanks from Bartolome. I observed that in some areas, oh, I couldn't read that. Oops. Sony, in some areas of organization, there is no human inside just business. Coming back to moral, ethical reasons, I would like also to thank Barbara. I think she had a comment. Dominika, if I uh, remember well, uh, from Poland. Um, thank you so much. Louise, your final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I just, I hope that I've shown you, you know, where, you know, for us, you know, having strong, strong, you know, messaging from us as professionals, thinking about your leading and lagging indicators and your board reporting, um, and 
thinking about it in terms you know the language of, of business which I've, I've tried to sort of impart a little bit today um this makes good business sense um and i think you know if this pandemic has shown us anything um we are massively connected it doesn't matter you know what type of organization you're working in um where you are in the world we are all connected um and you know the future is going to look on how we've led at this point in time so so let's make it count uh, thank you so much, Louise, for <laughs> for coming. I know that you're a very busy person, that you find time. And let me summarize in some final notes. Uh, today we talked about human capital. And today we agreed that we need to look different at the human capital aspect, at the wider perspective of sustainability. Today, I think we agreed that any organization that wants to be successful, they need to consider health and safety, well-being, protecting their workers as a demonstration of their commitment to sustainable future, to a sustainable tomorrow. I think today we're all globally connected as never before and talking about OSH, health and safety in, and having that in the human capital agenda is so crucial, so important. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Jorge. Thank you, Tanner. And last phrase, Louise, I would like to finalize my show with your quote. You said once, engage teams can achieve extraordinary things, but global teams can change the world. Having one, one conversation <laughs> Thank you for this conversation, Louise. Let's Thank change the world. Thank you everyone in the chat. Stay connected Bye. every Tuesday, every Thursday. Open up your emails, send the emails and live chat every Tuesday, every Thursday. Thank you everyone. Sony, Bye. thank you so much. Thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed that show. Now, as I mentioned, we have two shows a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. The Tuesday show is at 7 p.m. in the evening, and the Thursday show is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, UK time. The if you missed the show, we always upload our recordings to our YouTube channel, Red Risks. Subscribe, and I can also notify you of any upcoming events. One way or another, we will make sure that we keep in touch with you.